My message today is entitled, Living in 3D. Let me begin from an event that happened in the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. And as he, Jesus, went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. See, as Jesus passed through Jericho, a great multitude followed him. Let me ask you a question. What do you suppose would happen if Jesus passed through this community? Roscommon. Would we run out and begin following Him? Or would Jesus walk on by without being noticed? Or with us saying, I'll be there in a minute. Let me just finish this. Sure, we'd all like to say that we would respond in the right way. But would we? The only way of really predicting how we would respond is by looking at our 3D indicators. Our dedication, our dependence, and our desperation. Where would you grade yourself on each of these? First, your dedication. How dedicated are you to following Jesus? Let me be a little more clear. Can an outside observer see Jesus in you and on you in every single part of your life, especially outside of the church? Do you spend time praying and reading His Word daily? Do you bring Him up in conversations regardless of who you are talking to? Is He evident in all you do? Well, how about your dependence? Do your life decisions hinge on Jesus? Dependence is an all-or-nothing type of thing. Dependence means that you could not survive a single day without spending quality time with Jesus. It means that every life decision we make, every good effort that we pursue, we completely depend on Jesus to give us wisdom, strength, and favor to be successful. And when each task or opportunity has been completed, we immediately turn to thanking Him. That's dependence. Is that you? And last, but certainly not least, we must look at our desperation. Desperation says, I don't care what anyone thinks about me or what they say about me or to me. I'm going to get closer to Jesus. You see, when you are desperate for Jesus, nothing and no one can stop you from getting closer to Him. You come to the point where you need more than just your daily bread. You need Him now. And you continue to need Him for everything that you do. It's not an option for you to attempt things without Jesus. You need His love. You need His wisdom. You need His constant assurance. You need His strength. You need His ever-abiding presence. Now obviously, none of us are there all the time. Some of you might be able to say that at some times you are there. So is that okay? 
Well, let me remind you what God's Word says. Matthew 24, verse 42. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Verse 43. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Verse 44. Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. A warning for today. If you spend any time watching the news or watch what's going on, there is an erosion of Christian principles. There is an erosion of people no longer attending church or any house of worship. There is an erosion of people proclaiming things that they say are religious and they're very far away from the Bible. There is an erosion of our traditions and our church traditions and what we call a house of, or God's house of worship. Therefore, we must always be ready because the worst thing we can do is to say, I'm okay, when in reality we're not according to God's standards. It's not according to our assessment, but according to God's, and that's why we spend time in the Word of God. We must always be ready. It's not good enough for us to say, at least I go to church every Sunday, or at least I pray every morning. When our confessions lead with at least, and then we just park there, we are in trouble. We must all continue to grow in our relationship with God and never settle with just being content with where we are with Him. Now, none of us is perfect. And sometimes we fall and become very distant from God. But the point is to acknowledge it and begin to move closer to Him. Using it as an excuse does us no good. Using it as truth should serve as a springboard to get us back on track. Because it is this promise that awaits us. James 4, verse 8 says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. You see, we don't just go about living life however we want and God takes a big lasso in heaven and ropes us and brings us all in. We need to seek God. We need to repent and turn to Him. His promises are, if we draw near to Him, He draws near to us. If we simply turn our hearts towards Him, He will come near to us. We all need to grow in our dedication to Him, our dependence on Him, and our desperation for Him. When we are firing on all these three cylinders and topping out all of our three Ds, then we can be assured that we will be ready for Him when He comes, whenever that may be. That is one goal that we all should be shooting for. Mark 10, verse 46. Again, Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. See, as Jesus passed through Jericho and was on his way out of Jericho, there was blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus hadn't done anything other than to put himself in the right place for the right time. Now, he didn't know it was the right place, 
But nonetheless, he was there. The fact of the matter is that Bartimaeus never gave up. Sure, it looked like he gave up. He left the center of town. He sat on the road begging. But he was still there. Giving up would have meant staying at home and completely withdrawing into himself. You see, sometimes we feel like we have given up. We feel like we are going nowhere and doing nothing. But when times are dry, there's nothing better to do than just go through the motions. Yes, you heard me correctly. Going through the motions assures that you put yourself in the path of Jesus or one of His messengers that He sends near you. Too many times people are led off course by their feelings or by that lack thereof of feelings. They say, I I don't feel His presence. So I need to change something. Whether or not we need to change should be dependent upon truth, not our feelings. There are times when we go through deserts of pain, of loss, of depression, of confusion, and despair. And God awaits us at the end of the desert to see if we are willing to still seek Him even if the journey becomes difficult. There are many who get lost in these desert experiences because they think that just going through the motions and moving forward with no sign from God is a waste of time. Many people live looking for a sign from God. Let me tell you, God was not sent here to give us a sign, but to give us truth. And it's all found right here in our Bible. That's why we preach the Word of God consistently and continually here. We find the truth of this dilemma in the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 tells us without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Faith is required to keep us walking through the desert. Faith keeps us going through the motions, even if we feel or see nothing. I don't know about you, but I have been part of some other churches and other church experiences where people feel they have to have all the lights and all the ambience, and all the big crowds, and all the loud music, so that they can feel the presence of God. And then once they get conditioned into that feeling, they go around chasing events, looking for that same feeling. Big concert-like events, big big services. Now God can still move in those services, but not because we feel it. If we get too conditioned to feelings, we start chasing feelings instead of chasing the truth of God. Faith is required to pursue God, especially when we don't feel that He's there. The truth is that He is always near. He is our ever-abiding presence. The fact that we keep going through the motions is our declaration that God is there. If we diligently seek Him, the Bible says He will reward us. Bartimaeus was going through the motions, 
following the same routine probably for years. Say what you want about him. But the truth is that he did not give up. He easily could have. He could have said, I feel nothing. So God must want nothing to do with me. Things are never going to change. Let me first tell you, if you hear yourself saying that, that's the enemy speaking to you to get you to own that. That is not truth. Maybe you have found yourself in the same place. Or maybe you are there now. If this is you, or if you find yourself here in the future, please go through the motions. You never know when God or one of His blessings will cross your path. Might not be in a church. Might be down at the river. Might be while you're out fishing. Might be while you're in the middle of the woods on a walk. Might be while you're in the supermarket. You don't know what God has planned for you, but please put yourself in a place to be blessed and go through the motions even if you don't feel it. That's what Bartimaeus did. Mark 10, verse 47. And when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Notice that he didn't just ask. He cried out unashamedly, loud enough to be heard over a great multitude of people, and loud enough to be noticed since many of these same people had probably already passed him many times before and just ignored him. But he did more than just cry out and draw attention to himself. He cried out and drew attention to Jesus first. He yelled, Jesus, Son of David. What's so significant about that? Son of David shows that he recognized his Messiahship. You see, many of the Jews knew the prophecies about their Messiah who was supposed to come to them. But few were actually looking for him based on these prophecies or else they would have found him. Prophecies that said He would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Prophecies that He would come out of Bethlehem and that He would spend a season in Egypt. Prophecies that a messenger, John the Baptist, would prepare the way for Him. Prophecies that He would speak in parables and that He would be rejected by His own people. Prophecies that He would be a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that He would also be an heir to David's throne, thus the son of David. In fact, Jesus even declared how these prophecies were being fulfilled. When He walked into a synagogue in Nazareth, He opened up the scroll and read the following from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 4, verse 18. He read... The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. These are the prophecies that were in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. But now they are being fulfilled before their very eyes. Verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 
Verse 20, Then Jesus closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on Him. Verse 21, And Jesus began to say to them, Today, this Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It couldn't have been more clear. But Jesus still was rejected by most. There still were many people who never saw Him as their Messiah because they were betrayed by their feelings and what they saw instead of being led by the truth. Many were looking for a powerful king who vanquished his foes immediately and who overthrew the government. Sounds like what people are looking for today many times. Many were looking for the people's description of the Messiah instead of God's description. But Bartimaeus blessed, blessed with the gift of blindness in this case, was not looking with his eyes, but rather with his heart. And once he found Jesus, the Son of David, the true Messiah, no one could silence him. Mark 10.48 Then many warned him, warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me! Others who were restrained by the selfish pride of their hearts tried to silence him. Bartimaeus was already forced out of the town, but he was in the right spot now. He couldn't see, but he could recognize the Messiah. Now they're going after his voice. The same thing that the public is trying to do to you right now, to go after your voice. Don't ever judge your usefulness for the kingdom based on your success in the world. Bartimaeus was handicapped by the world's description, but he was anointed by God. Even though he was blind, poor, and shunned, he was able to recognize and get the attention of the Messiah, something that very few people did. Thousands of others never saw Jesus as the Messiah, but Bartimaeus did. Mark 10.49 So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. Jesus was on His way to Jerusalem on his way to the cross in just a week's time he was about to fulfill the main reason why he came to earth but this man caused Jesus to stop and to stand still don't ever think that God does not have time for you don't ever assume that your request is too unimportant If Jesus was willing to stop on His way to the cross, He will certainly stand still for you if you cry out to Him. Jesus commanded Him to be called to come near. If you have ever felt or are currently feeling down, wounded, 
rejected, or at a place of loss, then cry out to Jesus and open your heart right now and listen. Because just as Jesus addressed Bartimaeus, He is also addressing you, saying this, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. Mark 10, verse 50. And throwing aside his garment, Bartimaeus rose and came to Jesus. Like Bartimaeus, we must throw some things aside before we come to Jesus. Things that hold us down and hold us back. One thing that covers us like a garment and prevents us from moving forward is condemnation, either from ourselves or from others. If you are too worried about what others think about you, you will not fully come to Jesus. You need to take that and throw it aside. If you believe your own condemning thoughts about you more than what Jesus has already said about you, you will never rise up and come to Jesus. You need to toss that aside. If you think that Jesus couldn't possibly use a normal or useless or wounded person like you, you are measuring yourself by the wrong criteria. It is imperative that you throw that aside and run to Jesus now. Mark 10, verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want Me to do for you? The blind man said to Jesus, Rabboni, that I may receive My sight. Verse 52, Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Jesus commanded him to go his way. But his way was clearly God's way. As soon as he received his sight, he followed Jesus on that same road. Jesus knows your heart. He not only knows what you need before you ask, He also knows why you are asking. When your motivation for asking lines up with His will, you will get His attention every time. When our way becomes His way, our faith will make us well so that we can immediately receive our sight and follow Jesus. If your will is God's will, then cry out to Him. He is waiting for you. And like Bartimaeus, God will change how you see yourself too. After He was healed, He was no longer called the blind man, but rather He who followed after Jesus. When we are healed, forgiven, and redeemed. He gives us His name. As Christians, we are truly sons and daughters of God. Heavenly Father, I ask that You would quicken these words to our hearts so that we would internalize them, so that we would increase our dedication to You, that we would increase our dependence on You, 
and our desperation for You.